Hi everyone, Father Harrison here. First part is just apologies ahead of time for the mic issue. I couldn't find my adapter for my USB-C port and um, I am having to just use computer mic. So apologies for this. And it's also part of the next part. So you're probably wondering, where have they been? We kind of started things back up after World Youth Day, it seems like, and then we kind of just disappeared again. Um, <laughs> we need to send an update for a while. Uh, you know, I, you know, I just, I think there's nothing wrong between between myself and Father Anthony and the team. You know, everyone's good in that regard. It hasn't been that, and we should have updated you earlier instead of just kind of falling off the map like that. Um, I know for myself that I can at least speak for myself right now. I guess I don't want to speak for Father Anthony. Um, about his reasons just needing a little bit more of a break. Um, but I know I can speak for myself just saying that I've been trying to pare down my my time commitments a bit lately to try and refocus on things. Part of the difficulties with ADHD is that you say yes to things without ever counting the time cost ever. And it just seems it's actually quite the burden sometimes because you say yes to too many things and then time overwhelms and then you get tired and burnt out, et cetera. And um, like in September, for example, I was pushing myself 18 hours a day pretty much every day. It was too much. It was just too much. Um, and then I just had a lot of things pop up in the parish, uh, some things personally, just in my own life, trying to work through that I've needed to just address uh, that I've needed some space and time to do that. And so it's been, you know, not, I'll be honest, it's not been the best few months for me personally. Um, just it, it's, it's difficult, you know, being a pastor is not an easy thing. And then add to this doing a PhD thesis and everything else. When the commitments get heavy, it, it feels like it can be almost like too much sometimes. And I want to do well in all the things I give my and commit myself to. And so I know for myself, I've needed some time and space to just work on to try and like refocus and kind of start from basics again, more or less. And so that's what's been kind of happening with me. And I, so we've been talking about this a little bit and just trying to figure out, you know, how, how are we going to move forward? And we're kind of still on break mode, essentially. We're going to have a discussion here probably after Christmas to see, you know, how do we foresee the future of the podcast? It's been interesting hearing some of the stats of downloaded episodes still, even with no podcast for a couple months, it's been very high in my opinion. And so that's like good that I know people are kind of hungry and, and curious about where we're at. You know, in, in one sense, like things are good and like, you know, parishes are thriving and ministries alive and active. Um, I know for myself with ADHD, especially that I, if I have too many things on the brain, it gets fragmented and having to come up with content every couple of weeks on top and, and, and new things to talk about can be a lot when you also have to think about your thesis and your parish and your diocesan commitments and then trying to work on stuff in your own life. Like I'm trying to, for example, just to get exercise a part of my life again because uh, I need to do that and I need to make sure like I live a bit more of a balanced life and not work myself to the bone which I have been doing sometimes and so it's been it, it's it's uh, it's a unique space right now um I can I I have, I have no problem sharing this because I know I've, I've kind of shared this a bit on the podcast before too and I know part of this for me is just um what I've been, I called it like I think a midlife reflection it is you know, looking it up online, it is a bit more like midlife crisis, not in the sense of like, what am I doing with my life? Or, you know, oh my gosh, death is upon me. But more of like, just recognizing that there are things in my life that I've left unaddressed that I need to make sure are part of my life as a priest. Um, and that takes time and space to make sure that I can make the space for those things again. And so I've needed that time to just, while giving it an hour a week is not the end of the world, it 
it's it's a weight on the brain right now. And so for myself, I need to kind of have a clarity of mind to deal with the things I need to deal with. And so we're going to probably talk at some point here after Christmas, I'm guessing, uh, to just talk about its future and to see where we're at. And then we'll obviously keep you guys updated about that. So I thank you for your patience and your prayers. We had people reach out to us saying, like, where have you been? I hope everything's okay. We're good. We're, we're thriving in ministry in many ways, but um, just need a bit more time. Just need a bit more time. Um, but with all that said, again, a little bonus episode today, uh, because I have on the show today, Haley and Daniel Stewart, who I went to Scotland with a year and a half ago to talk a little bit about our Bjork pilgrimage at the end of June of 2024. So if you're interested in hearing about, uh, Belgium and beer and hearing a bit about our experience in Scotland when we went a year and a half ago and why this was such a great thing that we want to replicate something like this in Belgium, um, please give us a listen and we look forward to hearing from you. And uh, so I wish you all a blessed Advent, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we will be in touch soon to let you know where things are at. So God bless. Hi, everyone. I'm very excited to have with me today uh, Haley and Daniel Stewart, who uh, we are going to Belgium with each other in uh, late June 29th to July 10th to do a beer pilgrimage. And we want to kind of bring you on board to kind of tell you about this awesome opportunity, this awesome pilgrimage experience. And uh, but before we do that, I just want to give uh, Haley and Daniel an opportunity to introduce themselves. So welcome uh, to Clarity Speaking. I think this is the first time we've had a couple on the podcast. So it's a first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for having us, Father. Um, so I'm Haley. We have four kids, ages five through almost 15, and we live in Tallahassee, Florida. I'm the editor of Word on Fire Spark, so I manage Word on Fire's children's imprint, and I also write books. That's what you do. Uh, I'm a distiller. Um, I make whiskey and rum, mostly. And I also write about uh, spirits. But you mean not not like bad spirits, right? <laughs> <laughs> Only the good kind of spirits, yeah. Only the good kind of spirits, exactly. Uh, so uh, Haley Day and I had the great opportunity about a year and a half ago to go to Scotland together. And um, it kind of prompted the opportunity to finally kind of live out my dream of offering uh, this beer pilgrimage. And so I thought we'd start off just a bit because like the Scotland experience was, I think, really good for all of us. And it's been really amazing to see the fruits of that little pilgrimage uh, endure, which is not normal for pilgrimage groups. So maybe we can start off by saying, like, what kind of inspired your Holy Highlands uh, tour idea and um, how you experienced it? And I'll share how I experienced it. And we can go from there and talk about Belgium after that. Sure. Well, I think we were kind of thinking up a dream trip for us. And we're thinking maybe other people would also want to do something like this. So the Scotland trip was kind of a whiskey trip, but also a Catholic history trip and seeing beautiful Scotland and um, just having good fellowship, daily mass. Um, and I guess, Father, at that point, we'd never met, but we'd just been online friends for a long time, right. mm -hmm. yeah. years yeah. and years. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was also we we're really looking for the opportunity to get to hang out with you and um, spend time together. So do you have anything to add to, to that kind of what your vision was, Daniel? Yeah, I can't remember how we even started that ball rolling. But yeah, we were, it was fun to not just kind of go on a like pre-planned 
um, pilgrimage, but also kind of come up with ideas and um, look into the history and sort of research for that. That was a lot of fun. What um, was there, what was unexpected about the trip for you that surprised you that you really appreciated? I think for me, the two things, one, I mean, obviously for me as a distiller, wanted to go to Scotland for the whiskey, um, but then really finding out a lot of the history. Um, and yeah, cause we went to the um, monastery and uh, the old seminary and finding out about that kind of um, Catholic history that sort of uh, persisted despite um, some of the persecution um, and during the Reformation. So um, that was really interesting. Um, and then after that, I mean, we really did become like friends with people on the pilgrimage um, and just didn't know that's kind of how it worked. Um, and yeah, we, we still meet up with people from the pilgrimage. Um, I've seen several people multiple times. So that's been really funny. And like we've, we've kept our, like our, you know, uh, group text going and seeing people's families and praying for each other and the prayer requests and um, all those things has really been um, unexpected and really fun. And important to note that none of us live in the same place. You know, when we say we've seen people multiple times, these are not people in our town. Um, but I, yeah, we've seen um, multiple folks from that trip and some more than once, you know, in different yeah. places and different trips of our own. And um, that's been, that's been just amazing. So we had a little Zoom the other night with, some of the folks from the Scotland trip that are also coming on this upcoming trip to Belgium. And that just made me even more excited just to get to spend good time with other people. And I think for me that just that fellowship time was really, um, really important to the experience for me and just a real boost to my faith. I think just to have yeah. this really positive, wonderful time getting to know people of all different ages from all over the place who, you know, if they were at my parish, would I have gone up to them and talked to them? I would have known we would have had anything in common. So maybe not. And then right. on a pilgrimage, just having the opportunity to talk to people you maybe wouldn't have reached out to and realize how much you have in common and, and those people become really important to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really funny. We, um, uh, some of us went to Kentucky together last spring because um, we just kind of wanted to hang, hang out and see each other. Um, and I guess it was probably 12 of us. It was always really funny to, you know, go to a restaurant or something and there's 12 people and uh, people my age, younger folks, married, single, um, and people, you know, 60 or older and all kind of going together and like tour guides at distilleries or people at restaurants be like, how do you guys all know each other? <laughs> you have to see funny story. We did it last year. We just all went to Scotland together and kind of telling the story <laughs> to people and they're be like, what in the world? How did this happen? <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's um, it was when I was asked to come on, on the trip, I um, it's funny. Cause like I never had any like large desire to go to Scotland, honestly, before like, I just, it never was something I looked into much. And I think for me, one of the surprises was 
how much I fell in love with Scotland as a country, like, and its, its history. Yeah. So like for me too, finding out the, the Catholic history was really fascinating. Like I still remember like when we were going to Trier House, I'm like, well, who cares about like, it's just another estate who cares? Like, and then going there and learning about the recusant Catholics and how that family line had, who still lives there for, it's like the oldest yeah. house in Scotland and they've been there for 900 years consecutively. And how they are still retaining and promoting the Catholic faith and that they retained and promoted in the region. And it, like, for me, one of the interesting things was like the further North you went, the more Catholicism seems to have retained itself just because of mm -hmm. geography. It would have been too expensive for England to send troops that far North or something like that. Right. So yeah. I was like, I was in shock by that. And, and it was really, um, that was really fascinating. And yeah. So for me too, I, like when you guys, we're probably like, oh yeah, this is really cool because this is akin to like my idea about the beer pilgrimage, which is, and I, and I saw a lot of the fruit of kind of what my idea has been around this idea too, which is it's, it, we, you know, I think we call it like pilgrimage light, you know, <laughs> like uh, um, where there's, there's, you got the world. It's, it's, I would call it like a very, or maybe it's not pilgrimage light. Maybe it's just very incarnational. You know, it's just, it, it's, it's looking at the faith in all its facets and living the faith in all its facets, which is, yes, we're going to go to some holy sites. We're going to have mass. We're going to pray together. We're also going to enjoy the good things of life together, you know, convivium, like we're going to share life together. And I think that was what was really, I think that's actually what really bound that group together. We kept it small-ish, which was actually, I think, very, it's not like we had two tour buses going. It would have been impossible to get to know everyone. I think it would have been exhausting for us anyways, but it, it was, um, like I and I still remember that one day we found out we could drink scotch on the bus. <laughs> we were all very excited about this idea. And it was just and this, but all these things that just naturally happened that just brought the group. I've seen people from the trip too. You know, it's been uh, you know, I just two couples from the States came up to Victoria in October to come say hi for a night, you know, and it was really, really amazing to just catch up. And it's like, even though we hadn't seen each other for months and months, it's as if we just saw each other yesterday, you know. Um and that's not like I think people need to understand like, that is not normal for pilgrimages. You go, you say hi, maybe you get to know one or two people that you might keep in touch with, and that's it. That this, I don't know how it happened this way in some ways. Like it's still something I, I meditate on in some ways because it was almost like a miracle about how tight knit that group got. Yeah. And and so from that experience, it's like this is a good thing. And people started asking, well, when's the next one? What's the next one? <laughs> and it's like, well, I've always wanted to do this beer pilgrimage idea. And um and so it kind of flew out from there. So, yeah, so this is, so yes, we already have like half the Scotland group is already coming on this trip to Belgium, which is already amazing. Um, and so, yeah, so we're going to Belgium and Germany uh, from Jul June 29th to July 10th. And uh, the idea is to go to some of the great Trappist monasteries that make uh, Belgian beer. Uh, we're also going to be engaging in some of the cultural activities of Belgium, like going to different great, uh, like, I can't wait to go to Bruges. It is. You can't wait till you guys see Bruges. It's amazing. Um, but we're also going to be um, going to some, we're going to be going to like St. Damien Malachi's, Malachi's tomb. Um, we're going to go to the chapel of the Holy Blood where it has a relic of the Holy Blood of Christ from his crucifixion. Like, so you're getting a little bit of everything. And I think, uh, but it's also like, I think one of the nice things from the Scotland trip that Daniel mentioned that I think is something we really were intentional building to this trip is that it has that it's not, not every moment is planned out on purpose. So that gives you that freedom to explore, to get to know each other, to run into each other as you're running around town. Oh yeah, let's grab lunch together and ever. And then that's like, that freedom is what builds up communion. And so that, that experience 
that we're, we're doing this together really builds it up. Cause like, I think one of the cool fruits was that a lot of people who came on the trip with stuff like, I didn't even know like weekday mass existed. I didn't know you could go to daily mass, <laughs> stuff like this. Like mm-hmm. that was really cool that people got to know. It. And I, that's how, like it's what I thought was really cool was that this is not like a, a, yeah, this is not a holy site. And this was not a holy site intense trip, but through it all people's faith grew <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, and that's, I think, for me, the ideal of a pilgrimage. And it's a great entry for, for people who may not, you know, for example, I think so, I think a lot of wives were able to convince their husbands because of the scotch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it worked. And and they've grown in their faith because of it. And that's a beautiful thing. Um, while if you went to Lourdes or Fatima, that would not necessarily maybe entice one side or the other to go on a trip. So I think it was just such a great experience. It's, it was very memorable uh, for me to, personally, too. For that reason and uh so it's why we're kind of getting this going and so we were talking about it like okay let's work on this together so this is our next one and to keep that kind of same spirit going but we want enough to make sure others can come and enjoy it uh too so um yeah anything else you guys want to add before you kind of move into the itinerary a bit or um maybe just that we all really loved the size of the trip last year. You, you mentioned that a little bit, Father, and we want to maintain that kind of s- smaller, more intimate trip for um, the Belgium and Germany trip, just because, you know, having everybody on one bus where you can, you know, just logistically, it makes things so much easier. But I think more than that, the way that the group gels and you really can get to know every single other person during that trip everyone else who's on the trip i think is really important and something we all really liked about that trip yeah yeah i think you know there's nothing wrong with like just going to rome and taking a big bus and going right to a certain site and leaving i mean that's you know we'll probably do that someday but i think what we all really liked from this one was actually getting to eat with people every day and get to know a smaller group of people um, that, you know, that's not necessarily a part of every like group that does these things. But for us, that really ended up being a nice, instead of just being overwhelmed by like being on a, a, you know, a bus with 50 people or 60 people, whatever, being able to like actually have quiet and talk and get to know people was yeah. So intentionally, this one is also a smaller yeah. group. And it's um and it's also yeah with that too is that there's kind of like a lot of pilgrimages they really push hard. Like actually, we heard from one of our pilgrims who went on a trip to Poland. She was just like it was just like bang 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 bang, and it was really intense. We've we no we want this to be leisurely on purpose. Leisure is is important in the pilgrimage experience. I think it's a time of rest as well. It, it shouldn't feel like it's so intense that you have yeah we probably will miss out on some stuff but that's okay because the the dynamic that grows from it and it's like i think what was the cool thing is hearing from some people how because of the trip and experiencing that communion with one another it's encouraged them to get more involved i guess know more people in their own parishes where they might have been more anonymous beforehand and like that's that's a good fruit right and and that people are like actually like thank you guys yeah i i really wanted to go on the bourbon trail i just couldn't make it work time wise um but that people are willing to spend money to hang out with each other essentially from a time we've met once tells you something and i think that's a beautiful thing and it's not that everyone's going to be great friends with everyone on a trip you know it's not going to happen with everyone but it's just to say that that experience there's something special about those experiences yeah as i speak about them and it's i think that's actually really vital to the pilgrimage experience so um 
I'm going to read off something from our, our little kind of promo thing that I wrote up. Pope Benedict once said that to go on pilgrimage really means to step out of ourselves in order to encounter God where he has revealed himself, where his grace has shone with particular splendor and produced rich fruits of conversion and holiness amongst those who believe. So we may not associate beer and pilgrimage in the same sentence, but this adventure truly is a pilgrimage. Belgian Trappist monks have been making unique beers for centuries and are world famous for their craft. In this pilgrimage, we encounter the God who has revealed himself in the prayerful life of these monks and the fruit of their work. Indeed, these monks reveal God to us through their unique beers. In visiting some of these monasteries and tasting some of these beers and seeing the beauty and uniqueness of Flemish and Belgian architecture and culture, and in our friendship with one another, we will find the God who comes to meet us and reveals himself through the beauty of created things. This trip will be one of conviviality, which means sharing life, joy, and celebration over the things that impart meaning and friendship with one another. The world-famous and award-winning beers of these Trappist monks will be mean, a means to share this life together where the fruit of their work and prayer will help us grow closer in friendship and closer to Christ. And just as a little thing to add with that, like, yeah, so I, I even have a couple talks kind of ready to go about some to explain some of the theological implications of some of the beers, for example, which I'm very excited about. I've had these ideas for years. Um, so, yeah, so this is going to be a great trip. I, I am. I, this has been for me personally, this has been an idea bringing in my head since seminary. I went to Belgium just after I finished seminary um, and fell in love with the country. And so I'm very grateful to select tours for helping uh, kind of promote this and to help bring this together. And so just uh, I'm going to give a quick overview of the trip. If you want a, a easy way to find uh, the itinerary online, if you put like heavenly hops is what we're calling the, the tour. Uh, so Google heavenly hops and put in our names or put heavenly hops, select international tours or select international. And you'll find the PDF with the full itinerary. Um, but what we do is we begin, we fly out on the 29th and, and arrive on the 30th and we begin in Leuven, which is um, a big university town, gorgeous. And we're going to actually start with mass at St. Anthony's Chapel with, where St. Damien Molokoi, who served all the lepers of of Hawaii, where he's buried now, because he was a Belgian priest. Um, we're going to settle there, eat dinner there, et cetera. And then we go to Brussels, where we're going to have some great experiences of different uh, breweries and, and bars um, and cafes, and also have an opportunity to check out the city, which is stunning and beautiful. And... Um, and so, and then the day after that, so we're, the, the, there's a unique thing about the Trappist beers there. So for those who don't know, Trappists are monks who are Benedictines, but have a vow of silence. And they have a unique, um, there's a unique label. I believe there's eight Trappist beers in the world. And to be a Trappist beer, you have to be a trap. They have to be a Trappist monastery. Uh, the brewery has to be within the walls of the monastery. The monks have to be the key leaders on it. They don't have to be all the staff, but they have to be the key leaders and manage and oversee the whole production of the beer. And they can only retain as much as much money as they would need for one year of operational costs of the monastery and any operational costs of the brewery. Anything extra they make goes to charity immediately. So they don't retain any extra money that they don't need. And that's what makes these beers unique. And they are world famous. People go travel from all over the place. And so the first one we're going to be checking out is the Abbey uh, West Malay's Abbey of Our Lady of the Sacred Heart. Where we're going to celebrate mass and then we get to go ch check out uh, some other beers. Um, and then the day after that, we're going to Ghent, which has the world famous altarpiece with the lamb and the and the, the mystic lamb. It is a stunning uh, little town where we're going to have an opportunity to check out one another brewery. Um, I went, I've been to Ghent, loved it there. Um, the day after that, we're going to Flanders, which is important to me as a Canadian because that's where poppies are grown and poppies are big for us for Remembrance Day, um, which is Veterans Day in the states. But it's because uh, a lot of Canadians lost their lives in the First World War, but. 
I would say one of the big highlights of the tour is on the same day is where we're going to go to the Abbey of West Flederen, um, the Abbey of St. Sixtus in West Flederen, which is on the west side of Belgium in the, in the Flemish area, which uh, we're going to be able to try the West Flederen 12. It is considered the best beer in the world. <laughs> that is quite a thing, mm -hmm. and it's very hard to get. But we get to go there and get to try out the beer. We get to have a mass. Uh, we get to go to the Abbey for mass uh, um, as well, which is going to be great. I, I, this is one of the beers I have a talk already to go on. Um, but this is going to be West. I've been there and I had the, I remember the first time having the Westy 12 and it was like uh, an experience. It was like uh, the seventh mansion in St. Teresa's castles. You know, it's just the moment of complete enjoy. On the flip side, on the more like on the other side of things, then we get to go to Bruges. So Bruges is one of the most beautiful medieval cities I've ever seen. It's it's stunning. It's where we get to go celebrate mass where the Basilica of the Holy Blood is. Um, it is it is truly and and I truly mean this is one of the most beautiful cities I've ever been to. I can't wait for people to just experience it. We get to go on a, a canal boat ride, etc. It's really it's really going to be something special. We then go to Chimay. Uh, which is another one of the um, breweries, um, Trappist breweries. And it's probably the most famous. It's the easiest one to get. So if you've never tried tra Belgian uh, Trappist beer, Chimay is the easiest one to find anywhere. It's the most distributed, et cetera. In fact, the Abbey of Chimay essentially, like during the Second World War, essentially like funded the whole town by hiring everyone for work. And it's still mm -hmm. largely the, the economy of that small town is surrounded about, around the monastery, which is a very Benedictine thing when you think about it. <laughs> um, and then... Um, we're then going to go to Eichel Brewery uh, in um, um, as as well, and then we're also going to and we're, and we're going to be seeing. Um, I forgot about this actually. Yeah, we're, uh, the battle. Um, we're going to see something that from the uh, World War Two for for the American side as well, um, um, honoring the Battle of the Bulge. And then we're going to move on towards um, Germany, towards the end there. We're going to go to Eichen, which is where Charlemagne's buried, which has got this beautiful Romanesque uh, basilica. And finally, and this is like the PS, this is the icing on the cake, really. We get to go to Cologne, <laughs> where we see the amazing spires of uh, their their Gothic cathedral. It is amazing to see. And it's where the relics of the wise men are buried. Um, so that's like a general quick overview of what we're going to be doing. Um, any anything that you guys are really looking forward to seeing or doing on that trip? Um, I think the Ghent altarpiece is definitely up there for me. I'm really excited about seeing that in person. I think that's going to be amazing. Um, Cologne Cathedral. I just keep looking at pictures of it and thinking, I can't believe how much taller it is than everything else. <laughs> it just <laughs> looks amazing. So I think that's going to be an incredible experience. I'm still looking forward to wandering around Bruges and just eating Belgian chocolate, going to little cafes. I, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm also, I'm not a big beer drinker. So what are you excited? Daniel is. Yeah. I mean, obviously being in alcohol production um, and thinking and working with yeast and everything a lot, um, obviously looking forward to that. And I think it's interesting too, often when you think of like civilization or like uh, you know, the Catholic Church's contribution to culture, you kind of think about this architecture, um, and obviously that's a big part of this, but you kind of have this also like the quieter, um, you know, the contributions of monks and nuns and religious over the 
past 2000 years is, is huge. Um, and then also, yeah, like beer and cheese um, and these traditional techniques uh, that have been stewarded by these people for so long is, and you know, how that contributes to and continues to contribute to uh, like our culture, I think is really interesting. I'm looking forward to yeah, seeing, I, seeing that take place. Yeah, I forgot that. So some of these beers from these different monasteries you can get. West Lutheran is the hardest one. It's really hard to get outside the country unless there is a black market essentially for it. Um, but these monasteries are also famous for making cheeses, but you, which you can really only get there. So I'm, I think we're going to be in for a treat with a lot of different cheeses as well. Um, it's going to be a very rich experience on the food side, and I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Um and it's, it's you again going through that schedule. You know, we have to remember Belgium's not a big country. You can, if you're in Brussels, the furthest drive is two hours. So the nice thing is, yeah, we'd be going to different places, but it's not going to be a. We're not. We're not. We actually. We actually, when we got the first schedule, we actually said, no, no, we want to make the bus schedule a bit more easy, so that we're not spending all the time on the road. That we're able to just mm-hmm. enjoy the place. Um, and we found, and so we were able to kind of maneuver that, uh, for that, uh, it's, it's going to be a very special trip and yes, yeah, so we're trying to keep it to a reasonable number. It is limited. I think what thirties are max, right? So, mm-hmm. um, um, so that way it kind of keeps that intimacy because if, if it gets any bigger, it gets harder to get people to grow together in friendship, et cetera. So it is limited. I mean, I mean, Haley, do you have any of the details? Do you want to give some of the details about where people can go and, and, and how they can sign up? Sure. Um, of course, you can reach out to any of us and we can send you the sign up link. Um, but probably the easiest thing to do is to just go to selectinternationaltours.com. And there you can look up, you know, you can search for any of our names, you can search for Heavenly Hops, you can search for Belgium, and that'll pull up the order page and the itinerary. Um, I don't know if you can post a link to the itinerary in the show notes, Father, um, but that's something, you know, we can we can also share with you if you reach out to us and that's available on the website. Um, but just definitely if you have any questions, we're happy to help you out with those. Um we do. We will have to cut off the trip at, at thirty just to keep it the kind of trip that we really want to cultivate. Um, and we're a little over half full at this point, so we don't have a whole lot of spaces, but we do have um, enough for a few more people. We'd love for you to join us. Great. Any any before we kind of any parting words? Anything else you guys want to share? I miss can't, anything? Can't I anything. I'm just excited. I just I I'm can't wait to. I'm excited too. I think it's going to be a great trip. I, I've been, yeah, this has been in my brain for like over 10 years. So this is finally a, a dream coming to fruition, which I'm very excited about. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a great time. So uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks, Haley and Daniel, for coming on. And we will uh, we will see you all soon. So God bless everyone. Take care. Thanks. Bye.